<sighs> Man, I tell ya, all the sweating you do down here, at least I'm losing a couple pounds or two. Soon I might look good naked. And speaking of which, this episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients. That way you know exactly what's going into your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And if you don't believe me, I suggest checking out their Naked PB, which is actually a powdered peanut butter. Really good if you're into protein. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code POD. That's P-O-D, POD. That's 10% off using the code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. I, on the other hand, have to be naked by choice because the fires of hell have burnt off all my clothing. Now then, on with the show. Welcome to this special edition of Telehell. So special that I've cut out the reverb on this one. An early happy holiday gift to you, I'm sure. Also this... If you didn't get a chance to listen to our season opener where we reviewed the 1974 Wonder Woman TV movie with Kathy Lee Crosby and not Linda Carter, well, first of all, listen to it. Otherwise, there's a chance that what we're about to do won't make much sense. If you already have, or you just came back from listening to it, you're in for a treat. We, by which I mean myself... Peter Melnick, and Eddie Wilson of The Marvelous Podcast recorded all of our parts back in late September, and when putting the show together, my plan was to keep things as short as possible. The result turned out to be not only a show that lasted 66 minutes in length, but to date, it is our longest episode of Telehell that we've put on so far. Interestingly enough, despite the length of the show, we legitimately tried to keep things as to a point as possible. The stuff that you hear Eddie and Peter say had to be cut down, leaving a lot of things by the wayside. Which brings us to why we're here today. We thought, since there's a new Wonder Woman movie coming out, and because this is also going to be our last official episode of 2020, and truth be told, I kind of don't feel like working this time of the year anyway, we'd like to present to you, for the first time, the uncut version of what we recorded. With all of that said, let's raise the curtain on the first edition of what I hope will be a recurring feature here that we call... Think of this episode as an enhanced rerun, so to speak. All of the following was recorded on September 15th, 2020, with some minor incidental chatter being cut out. Oh, okay. I guess I guess so. Um, all right. So uh, for this first scene, that's just the discussion between you two about graphene and all that stuff. But when we get to the loud rumbling, that's when you raise your voice a little bit and uh, just try your very best to to at least uh, act like you're in danger. And we'll do a couple takes for whichever parts were necessary. And we are going to begin on take one. I'm telling you, just because graphite. Ugh. And right off the bat. <laughs> yep. Graphene. 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 Yep. Whenever you're ready. I'm telling you, just because graphene is the closest real world element comparable to vibranium doesn't mean it can't be made. In- can. Yep, yeah. That's okay. I'm telling you, just because graphene is the closest real-world element comparable to vibranium doesn't mean it can be made in real life. We still need more advances in technology first. Oh, please. Captain America's shield was made of this stuff, and it was made back in World War II. If it could happen back then, it can certainly happen here and now. Yeah, but you'd have to build refineries, hire scientists, and... What the hell was that? Uh, a, A little more emotion. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? These pretzels are making me thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Caught me in... No, wait. Sorry. 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 In between each thing, there may be... you laughed at my joke. (laughs) No, no, no. no, That's my next line. Um, And again, these are just more leads for myself in the final product. So uh, you may have to pause, by the way, uh, one second in between just to be on the safe side. Just don't want too much overlap. So anyway, page three. (laughs) (laughs) Caught me a twofer. What's happening? I don't know, but at least our collectibles are insured. Crap, I forgot to pay my insurance bill. You what? 
How was I supposed to know this was going to happen today? That's the whole point of insurance. Okay, now this is uh, the first part that I told you about. You're, you're being dragged down. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sorry. That's a warm-up. Uh, okay, that's a warm-up. Uh, but it's more like a... Ah! Oh. So really pull yourself back when you're doing it, and both of you at the same time, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Ah! A little more lingering, like maybe five seconds or so. Go. Ah! Okay, I'll stretch that out. I can do one more. I can do Uh, it. Okay, uh, yeah, one more, just a little longer. I'm watching the clock there. Go. Go. Okay, you're down on the ground, your thud, so give it, let me hear a, uh, uh. Yeah. One, two. <coughs> Good. You're exhausting, you're gasping, so you okay, Eddie, and... You okay, Eddie? Uh, I'm fine. You, Peter? Yeah, sure. But where the hell are we? Okay, and then I come up... <clears throat> The hell is where you are. Who are you? It doesn't matter who I am. What matters is who you are to me right now. Then who the hell are we to you? You're going to be my special helpers today. I'm going to be looking at some TV shows that are comic book related, and I'm going to need you two to make sure I don't sound foolish when I do. After you help me, I'll return you to the mortal world. And what if we refuse? Then I will see to it that you get permanent occupancy on our heresy floor. There, you'll be placed into our nitpicker's wing, where you'll spend all of eternity listening to message board trolls telling you that wouldn't happen on everyday parts of one's life. For instance, you, kid, how do you brush your teeth? I would hope I use a toothbrush. Okay, hang on. I get to be the nerd here. Superman wouldn't use a... Oh, whoops, I forgot to cut that part out. One more time. Superman wouldn't use a toothbrush. He would fly around the Earth backwards in time to make sure he would never eat those cavity-causing foods and... Well, then I guess I have. we have no choice. Yeah. Try again. Well, then, I guess we have no choice. Is this because we said bad things about the Fantastic Four movies? I thought... Everybody hated them. Not everybody hated them. No, you're both here because you're two of the biggest comic book fanatics online who doesn't work for Kevin Smith, and I could use a little expertise on this particular subject. So, you're saying that if we help you, you'll send us back to the surface, and all we have to do is help you talk about a comic book-related TV show? Well, not just any show. Or in this case, shows. Hell wouldn't be hell without a dash of irony. Now, according to the info I see on my pocket Helldragger, you are Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson, and the two of you host a show called The Marvelists, where you spend a great deal of time going over various bits and pieces of Marvel relation... Where you spend a great deal of time going over various bits and pieces of Marvel-related minutia. Is that correct? Uh, sure. A little louder, please. Uh, sure... Good. Since you know your way around the true believers, then you should have no problem at all looking at this. Okay, now this is uh, the part, the first part where you have to be physical. Uh, Eddie, you're pretending to go, and then uh, Peter's trying to drag you, so just a little physicality there, and I play the clip, and... Check, please! Come on, Eddie, if we don't do this, we're going to be stuck here, and something tells me this place forgot to pay their air conditioning bill a long time ago. Oh, like you forgot to pay the insurance bill for our collectibles? Oh, very funny. Look, I know you don't care for DC Comics, but if it means getting spared a lava bath, we gotta do what this guy says, or we're gonna end up Cajun-style nerds. And when we do get back to the surface, I promise to pay the insurance bill. (sighs) Fine, but only because I don't want to miss the Falcon and the Winter Soldier if it ever drops on Disney+. Plus. Okay, where do we begin? Uh, I'm going to have uh, you two just read that last section again. Uh, I kind of want a version without the Cajun accent, just in case, because you never know who's going to be listening. So, uh, uh, Peter, when you do this uh, part, it's... Uh, 
emphasize Cajun, we're going to wind up Cajun-style nerds. Okay. And when we do get back to the surface, I promise to... Okay, so a little more emphasis on those there. So just pick it up from there and... Very funny. Look, I know you don't care for DC Comics, but if it means getting spared a lava bath, we got to do what this guy says, or we're going to end up Cajun-style nerds. And when we do get back to the surface, I promise to pay the insurance bill. <sighs> Fine, but only because I don't want to miss the Falcon and Winter Soldier if it ever drops on Disney+. Plus. Okay, where do we begin? Well, I'll begin with an introduction to the subject, and all you guys have to do is fill in the gaps where needed. Mostly the historical comic book info and other parts where there's a deviation from the source material. Other than that, just make it make sense, and you're good. So, when do we start? Uh, one more time. I, remember, remember, two-second gap between lines. Yeah. Stay on mic. Stop teetering. Uh, you're, 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 you're coming in fine. But just remember, pause two seconds between lines. One more time. So, when do we start? Right about now. Okay, so page seven. Skip all that. That's the big long paragraph for me. And you guys are on page eight now. Uh, And that's where I say, Okay, comic boys, take it away. In 1934, Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson... Up, oh, time out, time out. Uh, paper rustling, I'm not sure if that's going to be picked up, so just be careful there, Eddie. Um, so, one more time. In 1934, Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson founded a publication house that would become one of the first American publishers of comic books. The company would originally be known as National Allied Publications, but as the years went by with the creation of additional comic book labels, mergers, and acquisitions... The company would eventually be known as DC Comics. Regardless of history, it is these it is this same publishing house that would come up with some of the most iconic characters ever put to paper. Primarily Superman and Batman. Well, Eddie, uh, one more time pick it up from regardless of history. Regardless of history, it is this same publishing house that would come up with some of the most iconic characters ever put to paper. Primarily, Superman and Batman. Later in 1940, psychologist and inventor of both the polygraph machine and the systolic blood pressure test, William Charles Marston gave an interview to Family Circle magazine, where he and his partner, Olive Byrne, waxed philosophically on the great educational potential of comic books, and how, in the right circumstances, comic books could be used as a force of good in the real world, let alone the world of fiction. Marston's thoughts caught the attention of another comic book pioneer, Max Gaines, then the publisher for National Periodicals and All-American Publications, two brands which would eventually become a part of what we now know as DC Comics. Gaines hired Marston as an educational consultant for the publisher, and it was thanks to that position that Marston was able to get the wheels turning for the next great comic book character, one that would be as strong as all the other ones that had been created by that point in time but at the same time would be one who, in Marston's words, would triumph not with fists or firepower, but with love. After explaining the concept to his wife Elizabeth, she suggested that those characteristics might work best if the hero was a woman. And the rest is history. Or her story. It's nice to interject, but we've got to keep this tight here. Uh, Which brings us back to the initial quandary. If Wonder Woman was just as popular as Superman and Batman in the comics, who was to stop anybody in showbiz... I'll pick that part up later, so I'll just delete out. Okay, so this is where we get to the 67 pitch film. I trust you both saw. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to lead you in, Peter. And here we go with... This is supposed to be Wonder Woman, right? I mean, it did show the comic book in the title card. Why are we taking a peek in suburbia instead of an uncharted Amazonian island? Actually, that's only kind of right. What is? The commonly held belief that Wonder Woman hailed from Paradise Island among her fellow Amazonians. See, going as far back as the golden age of the character, Diana Prince was originally the... the... That's okay. See, going back... Relax. Yeah, no. See, going as far back as the golden age of the character, Diana Prince was originally the name of a U.S. Army nurse during World War II who provided the primary alias for Diana Prince. Nee Wonder Woman. Is that, is that how you pronounce that? Uh, nay, I think. I'll redo. F- yeah. Whatever you feel comfortable with. 
Nay, Wonder Woman. Of the Amazons. In 1942, Princess Diana met Diana Prince, who was sobbing. When Wonder Woman asked her what was wrong, Prince explained that her then-fiancé, Dan White, and this was long before Steve Trevor entered the picture, was in South America, and she lacked the funds to go to him. Noticing how similar they were in appearance, Wonder Woman gave Prince a large amount of money she had just earned from Al Kale's promotion of her bullets and bracelet routine. In exchange, Prince gave Wonder Woman her credentials and name, and just took off from there. Okay, uh... Just uh, one more time, pick it up from uh, noticing how similar they were in their appearance. Just uh, a little faster on the read there. Noticing how similar they were in appearance, Wonder Woman gave Prince a large amount of money she had just earned from Al Kale's promotion of her bullets and bracelets routine. In exchange, Prince gave Wonder Woman her credentials and name, and it just took off from there. Does he ramble on like this all the time? That's nothing. He can go on forever about Jack Kirby. Wait, whoa. Oh, did he redo your line? Justin? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, the, Am I redoing that line? Uh, yeah, because I, 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 I got I to wind you up. My, my apologies. You need the wind <clears throat> up? All right. Okay, one more time now. Does he ramble on like this all the time? That's nothing. He can go on and on forever about Jack Kirby. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> Hush, you. Anyway, let's get back to this pilot, which they seem to want to make look like a sitcom for some reason. There's a big thunderstorm going on, which gets Wonder Woman's spidey senses tingling. I'm going to pretend I just didn't hear you say that. No. I'm going to pretend I didn't just hear you say that. Okay. Big long paragraph. And this is uh, your Wonder Man freestyling. This is our first freestyling. So here we go. To further show outdated ways of thinking, the next 50 seconds of this five-minute pitch film features absolutely nothing but Wonder Woman preening at herself in the mirror. Yikes. This looks like something Wonder Man would do. Who's Wonder Man? Uh, here we go. Well, Wonder Man... Oh, can we, can I do the, that? Uh, remember, I have sound effects, but feel free to add whatever you want to, uh, just... Uh, like I said, talk for as long as you want to, because I'm only going to wind up using 30 seconds of it anyway, but for the yeah. bonus episode, it's going to be uncut. So This one's going to help where I just stare at Eddie as I do this. Exactly. So do what feels natural to you, and one more time, Eddie, from... Ugh, here we go. Now. Ugh, here we go. Well, Wonder Man is a character in the Marvel Universe... You might know that universe, Eddie, where the character is a robot. He's a robot, and he's a cyborg, and he's a human, and he's an actor. He's, there's just oh so much. He's got bitchin' sunglasses, and he's just, he is the best. Nathan Fillion was supposed to play him in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Nathan Fillion's going to play everything in every single movie, because, you know, that's fan casting. Him and Idris Elba, they're everything. But, I digress. Anyway, Wonder Man made his first appearance in Avengers number nine, created in part by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. You know, Jack. Anyway, but Wonder Man, he's wonderful, Eddie. He's a movie star. He's an actor. He's everything. That's what an actor is, a movie star. But again, I digress. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Man. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So, with about 45 seconds left in the pitch film, certainly Wonder Woman springs into action to save the day, right? Then big long paragraph. I ask you, gentlemen... Oh, and uh, Eddie, uh, try to read a little faster, Steve too, like uh, Peter did with his other that? thing. So, sorry. I, I, gotta, I gotta wear my director hat. I gotta be an asshole. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. You said control freak. <laughs> Are they not one of the same? You're not wearing a hat. Okay. Thin and nim. Thin and I love thin men with my rice pudding. Oh, I love film cinematography. Thank you. Mm. Cinematography. Okay, all right. Now, here we go. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> I ask you, gentlemen, where in the comics was Wonder Woman circa 1967? 
Well, by this point in time, we've reached the Silver Age of comics, and those who worked on Wonder Woman decided to make the character a little more feminine in her mystique and her mythos. Incidentally, the line that the pitch film narrator said that compared her to the Greek gods was just about the only thing they got right. They didn't mention anything about how she actually gave up most of her powers due to her relationship with Steve Trevor, who they barely made a passing mention of in the pitch film, by the way, and how she spent most of the 60s and 70s learning hand-to-hand combat in spite of creator Charles Marston's initial statement that she would fight not with fists or firepower. The pitch film clearly went in a campy direction because of how successful the Adam West Batman was doing. So perhaps the powers that be just wanted lightning to strike twice with the same formula. I thought you were a Marvel guy. If it means getting out of here sooner, I'll concede a little. Well, suffice to say, this pitch film did nothing either for Dozier, Fox, or for Wonder Woman's chances of getting into another medium. Skip along... And this is, where we hit, this is where we hit the break. And another paragraph. It was around this time where the show reached its halfway point. And now, so must we. We'll continue with the rest of the Wonder Woman 1974 TV movie cutting room floor show after the break. See, I told you this was a special episode. No whistles and bells here. Telehell is proud to partner up with Dave's Archives. Dave's Archives is the premier spot on YouTube where you can get your vintage TV fix, including old commercials and original shows covering classic TV and other TV-related pop culture. Here's just a small taste of what they have in store for you. Shots are shot. Threads are thin. Mufflers gone. Well, come on in. There's more for your life. Where else could you change your tires, take your rain, smooth out your ride, and catch the game? There's more for your life, for the times of your life. There's more for your life at Sears. Want to check out the rest of it? Go to YouTube and type in Dave's Archives, or you can visit them on Facebook. Again, search Dave's Archives. And now, back to my punishment for the week. Welcome back. Where we last left off, we were just about to take a look at the 1974 ABC Movie of the Week version of Wonder Woman starring Kathy Lee Crosby. Here now is how we took on the Wonder Woman TV movie, already in progress. Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the bottom of that paragraph on page 12. Otherwise, we're judging the movie just for the movie, nothing else. Unless you guys have anything to add to this. Yeah, wasn't this the movie where Wonder Woman is a blonde? Say what now? Yeah, I vaguely remember this now. They hired some blonde tennis star to play Wonder Woman, and that wound up pissing off a lot of the fans of the comic. I'll do this one. It pisses me off, too, and I never even read the comics. I mean, that's just messing with the primal forces of nature. It'd be like making Santa Claus's suit green or having purple traffic lights. Wonder Woman, although she has every right to make independent decisions, isn't supposed to be blonde. Hell, even Sheldon Cooper is a voice of reason on that. Play the clip. Hopefully, that's not this movie's biggest problem. Oh, just wait. The problems with the movie won't drop all at once, but they'll still pile up. Well, Eddie is right about the casting. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, down to the bottom page there. Hang on, i got to hold this in a way that I can see it. I forgot how cumbersome this desk was. <laughs> okay. Maybe you're not going to make a reference to the song Cumbersome, or is that me? Benedict? No. Oh, oh no, no. Ooh. Okay, here we go. Bottom page 13. Uh, with that much of an introduction in mind, we get our title sequence and our first instance of hearing the classic Wonder Woman theme. Guess again. Huh? Wait. Paper's wrestling. Huh? My ears are getting sodomized! Well, it was the mid-70s. Synthesizers were in style back then. Yeah, but my ears feel like they're getting drilled by Laurence Olivier in Marathon Man! Okay. All right. Uh... First freestyle for the both of you. I trust you've seen the movie. Otherwise, this will be fun. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. I'm going to cue you from this part. I 
know we just went over this, but it's still pretty jarring to see a blonde Wonder Woman. I mean, has Wonder Woman ever not been a brunette in any of the characters' canon over the years? I mean, for myself, you know, in the comics, she, uh... I've never really seen that. You know, I think she's always been a brunette. She, she's done the different costumes and everything. There's always been a change, but otherwise... Yeah, she's done different costumes. She's also done different wardrobes. There was a period of time in the run of the first volume where it was all mod about the 60s, late 60s clothing and stuff like that. And it was featuring Diana Prince as Wonder Woman. So that stuff changed. She was hip. She was now. She was wow. But but the hair wow, stayed you're pretty a good much, pitchman. you know, stayed pretty much the same. Straight hair, kind of curly at the end, but it was not of varying color. It was just always the one. But... It, we're not talking platinum blonde. We're not talking, you know, bleach blonde. We're talking mid-range for Kathy Lee in the 1974 one. Who, when I saw the name Kathy Lee Crosby, I'm like, oh, she was the one that did the talk show. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's Gifford. Uh, so. Yeah. And I looked at her. I'm like, wow, she wears a lot of makeup when she was on the uh, show with Regis. She looks a lot different. Oh, 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 that's not her. That's somebody else. She go play tennis. And that's those, me hitting it. And those threads can that's, even be submerged, too. So when she went into the water, that's me she hitting was with still ten- okay. That's you, all right. With yeah. a tennis racket. <laughs> they couldn't get a different costume for her to be in the water. Oh, well. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, all right, get ready for another one. Just to grab your breath a little bit. <clears throat> okay. The less I distract myself from that detail, the sooner we can get this over with. While on Paradise Island, Crosby goes through the ritual of becoming Wonder Woman. Play the clip. Okay, gentlemen, this is your first real test. How close to the comic book was that scene just now? Eddie, how would you feel about that? I don't know if that's what I remember, because the only thing I really based my Wonder Woman knowledge from the beginning was from the Linda Carter show. Not Did you say Linda, like like your Tony Danzer or something? Something like that, with a little twang in it. Yeah, oh, Angela. <laughs> so my point of reference is a little skewed on, on this one. So I'm like, okay, I guess I kind of got to go with the way they're doing it here now, so I don't know about the accuracy. But you know I, what? Just like anything else. Yeah, no. Like, honestly, like, once you see the uh, blonde, you're just like, oh, huh. They care about we're continuity. We're telling a story here, and that's how you're gonna you're gonna accept it. And yeah, I could go on about that, but it, just, it, it's not good. We didn't have directoral uh, Mr. privileges, Mister Eddie, Eddie. It's not good. It's not good, you guys. Moving on, Crosby has now taken residence in Washington D.C. Okay. <clears throat> Only one person knew the truth: Steve Trevor, who in this version is neither a. Nah, I never know. It's it's neither or neither. Steve Trevor, who in this version is neither a soldier in the army, nor is he played by Lyle Wagner, but rather the head of a spy agency. Play the clip. Okay, guys, how does that stack up? Rather stupidly. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not standing at direct attention? He's kind of (sighs) slouched? This is who this character is? This is deep pain. And, ouch. <laughs> there's just, there's something about when you look at these interpretations of the character, it's it's like Matt Murdock is, you know, he's on like a three-day bender afterwards, and, you know, he's like, ah, oh, I got my sense, ah, oh, let me throw and see if it lands. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. But I digress. Yeah, not quite the, the hit that, uh, you know, was a throw and a miss. There's oh so much weird stuff about this, and this is not even the weirdest stuff for me. It involves four legs. That's all I'll say. Oh, my. Okay. Very good. Uh, Crosby then sets off for Paris due to a hunch she may have about finding the people who stole the books. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is the uh, introduction to Ricardo Montalban, and this is... Where we have a little more physicality, so get ready, gentlemen. Act two begins with Crosby narrowly escaping said rundown, but not before planting a tracking device on the car. She then follows the car to your tip. She then follows the car to your typical French mansion, where a phone, where a phone call from our main villain awaits her. Play the clip. Con. Are you going to play that clip every time Ricardo Montalban speaks? 
What? Aren't comic book geeks and Star Trek geeks one and the same? Why, you smug little... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy there, cat. Oh, okay, it's got to be a little yeah. more physical. I mean, like, uh... I don't, I don't even know if the sound will translate well over the uh, over the audio and all that stuff, but basically just have it sound like a struggle. Like, Eddie's coming to get me, and Peter's trying to restrain him. How about this? We can switch it, because I could do it in, like, in the style of like, a Homer Simpson. You know, like, are you little... Like that. Whatever works, yeah. So, Eddie, you're going to... So you're going to do my line. I'm going to do yours. Mm-hmm. But then, but then what? where it says, Peter, whoa, easy there, Cap. Well, I'm just going to say, whoa, easy there. Easy there, Star-Lord. Yeah, okay. Oh, Whatever works. Yeah, that's true. We can, we can do it both ways Captain if you want. Star-Lord, very good. <laughs> you stop that. We can, we can do it both ways if you want to. But we'll, 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 we'll try it. So uh, right. we'll, we'll try Peter first and then Eddie. What? Okay, so I'm, we're doing this, the original version first? No, we're doing your version first. Okay. So, Eddie, you're going to go read my lines, and I yes. read yours. Yes. Okay, wait, i got to cue you. What? Aren't comic book geeks and Star Trek geeks one and the same? Why, you little... I'm sorry. I thought we were going back to when you say con. No, no, no. We, 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 we're, we're past that part. That, that part was fine. Um, okay. But we can do that again if you want. <clears throat> All right. So no, you're the director. So if I messed up, we'll just pick it up with. Uh, I mean, I top like the way 16. I pronounced Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, we'll keep that. Yeah, that part's fine. So keep that. Okay, that part's fine. Uh, so I'm gonna say once again, comic book geeks, Star Trek geeks. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So <clears throat> what? Aren't comic book geeks and Star Trek geeks one and the same? Why you smug little? Whoa, whoa, easy there, Star Lord. You want to get out of here alive, don't you? Okay. Now in the original. Alright, and I gotta cue you again. <laughs> what? Aren't comic book geeks and Star Trek geeks one and the same? Why, you smug little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy there, Captain. You wanna get out of here alive, don't you? That's good. I'll, I'll throw in some, uh, you know, rustling sound effects later mm-hmm. and make you sound real angry. <laughs> the magic of post production. Okay. Fine, I'll throw in a Fantasy Island clip the next time he's on camera, okay? And so forth. All right, so uh, the uh, really, really weak fight scene. Uh, Here we go. Another freestyle scene. Get ready. The fight scenes in the Linda Carter version lasted at least a minute. Here, in a 90-minute TV movie, it's just boom, karate chop, and done. They better be saving up for something big later on. I absolutely love the bad karate in this. There's just something about the the lame movement of when she, you know, kicks her leg, and it's literally just, eh. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's beyond hilarious to me. There's... Too brief. Or just a, ha. <laughs> Hi-ya. But we're missing that part. I wonder if that would have helped it. All I can think of is that episode of Family Guy where Peter runs in with the, uh, the, uh katana and goes yeah that's all i can think of the entire time yeah it's one kick and one karate chop to the neck and george is down who is in this i feel like not george sorry i'm still thinking of uh ricardo montalban who's basically doing his best uh his best abner smith yes what's his name the one from inspector gadget claw it's him the entire time you don't see the man's face or like ever it's dumb. Why? What? What is he? He's a handsome man. Show the handsome man on the screen. You're paying for the handsome man. Put the handsome man on. Don't forget, this is the same year as the one hit wonder by Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting. So there yeah, you go. Well, not everyone was, according to uh, ben, ben Shapiro. I mean, come on. You know, at that one point in time. But Carl said everybody was. That would mean that everyone is flu- fluently trained, sir. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm loving this. <laughs> okay. So uh, a little back and forth coming up next. And, Eddie, this is where you get to use your own Montalban voice. So let me just cue you. <clears throat> Moving on. After rifling through villain number one's clothes, Crosby flies to New York for more clues. And while she's waiting for a cab at the airport, another cab just happens to be there watching everything. Play the clip. But, Ricardo, don't you want to wait for... The plane, the plane. To arrive? There. I mixed it up a little. Happy? Okay, now I dare you to throw in a Chrysler Cordoba reference next. 
Oh, also throw in some clips from the Naked Gun. Don't forget the Spy Kids movies. How about that hotel commercial where he says, Deluxe Continental Breakfast? Silence! It'll sound much deeper. <laughs> Throws fire... I love that that's a, a direction. Throws fireballs at the Marvel... Oh, yeah, oh, I almost forgot at that part. Just like like the two of you go, Woo! So, one more time. <clears throat> Silence! Woof, woof! Uh, no, not woof. Uh, I'm thinking more like, uh... Ew! Like you're 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 shocked. A fireball's coming at you. How how else would you react if that were to happen? Whoa. So uh, so one more time, just more like a ah or, a, or, a, or so, something that feels There's a bug on me. Yeah, yeah, like that. Okay, so one more time. <clears throat> Silence. Ah! I'm only going to say this once. You are guests here against your will. If you want to get out of here against your will. Don't tell me what to do in my own backyard. You got it? Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Now then, while Crosby is in New York, a suspicious crate is sent to Steve's office and is handled with the utmost importance. This is where I play the clip and a really super obscure reference, and then... Hey, we didn't do that clip. Uh, More like a, hey, we didn't do that clip. Hey, we didn't do that clip. No, no, that one was for me. Anyway, this donkey proves to be a pivotal plot point later on. Oh, I gotta read the whole thing. But first, back to New York, where the evil Doublemint twins stake out and plant a suspicious box in Crosby's hotel. A box that, upon conversation with villain number one, is revealed to have... Bum, 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 a snake! So how does Wonder Woman get out of this... So how does Wonder Woman get out of this one? Uh, are snakes attracted to shoes and milk? I'll feel this one. Since a snake is a reptile, and reptiles have been known not to have mammary glands, they can't digest milk, ultimately killing them. Okay, that explains one thing, but what about the shoes? Depends on the kind of shoe you're wearing. I've been told that snakes are more likely to attack you when you wear regular shoes, and that they're less inclined to do so when wearing sandals. Uh, read that line one more time, please. Just a little more. The whole thing? Just the one part that depends. Depends on the kind of shoe you're wearing. I've been told that those snakes are more likely to attack you when you wear regular shoes, that they're less inclined to do so when wearing sandals. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he said those snakes. I've been told, though, that snakes are more likely to attack you when you wear regular shoes, and that they're less... In- I, I really, it's my fault for not No, because no, Eddie made it sound like he, that it's a particular kind of snake, <coughs> you know? Okay, uh, so, so one more time, uh, I've been told... I, I took out though, I didn't know that yeah, that flowed. Yeah. I've been to told, be though, that... Yeah. It does flow, I like that. Okay. And I'm missing a couple of commas, damn it. Yeah, that's my fault, it... Man is back on the job, thank Dr. you. Dr. Dictionary. All right, there we go. Uh, so one more time with that one, and then we'll... Move on. All right. <clears throat> Depends on the kind of shoe you're wearing. I've been told, though, that snakes are more likely to attack you when you wear regular shoes, and that they're less inclined to do so when wearing sandals. How the hell do you know so much about snakes? I wouldn't be a Captain America superfan without knowing a thing or two about the Serpent Society. First appearance in issue number 310, October 1985. Can I, can I pause for a second? <laughs> When you just read that whole little bit about the uh, the sandals, you did it in your uh, radio announcer voice a little bit, and I could hear a music bed over it, <laughs> like in a commercial bed. <laughs> I, I do have like old Ren and Snippy music beds, you know, the dun da 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 da. That would be a perfect fit for that, but like I can hear like go to Colossus, <laughs> like five seconds later. Those sandals are hey, hey, fit you for l- your own. L- l- listen, the read was fine. The read was fine. I, I love the read. I, I just I just have to end the thing now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, just uh, one more time on uh, the proud line. No, read the though again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, we'll be here all night. if we do. So one more time on proudly. I wouldn't be a Captain America superfan without knowing a thing or two about the Serpent Society. First appearance in issue number 310, October 1985. Uh, can we get on with this? Okay. Uh, all right, so get ready for another freestyle. This is the part where uh, one of Wonder Woman's Paradise Island sisters warns her that somebody is defected. And I'm sure we can get a lot of stuff out of this, so here we go. 
Okay, gentlemen, has there ever been a time or two when any of Wonder Woman's fellow Amazonians turned against her? And if so, which time comes closest to what we just saw? I mean, has there there has to have been at least one? I mean, wait, let me check through these issues I brought in with me here. No, I think there has been. You got to create some kind of conflict because maybe the question comes up: Who is the best on the island? A competition that they have. Somebody takes it too seriously. You brought your comic books to hell. Well, reference. Do you re- do you realize that they could get singed? These are collectors' items. Johnny Cash. Oh, Ring of Fire. Sorry. I think there's been conflict within the ranks. Sure. So there you go. I can't believe you brought your comics to hell. How? Where did you carry them? Back pocket. You got some big pants. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying so hard not to laugh because I have to edit this eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm just dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. I never thought of that. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to bring your box with you. <laughs> Oh guys, this is this is already turning out better than I hoped. <laughs> okay, composure. Composure. Lemon face, lion face, lemon face. For me it's JFK. Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama. I Yara invaded her Bay of Pigs. Not that particular moment. <laughs> So with that warning heeded, we then see the fallen sister in cahoots with Mr. Rourke, for reasons that I'm sure are valid ones. Play the clip, play the Family Guy clip, and... Oh, come on! That clip doesn't even make any sense! Another fireball and another reaction. Whoa! Can I I actually redo that? I want it to be more of a Hank Hill. Sure, sure. And... Whoa! Like I said, it's my backyard... Deal with it. Okay, and uh, I'll read the rest of this part. From there, the spy agency tries to figure out the logistics of delivering a donkey full of money to its rightful destination. And maybe because this movie is duller than dishwater, but I find this explanation of transport as plausible as I find it batshit insane. Play the clip. Well, obviously they have to go through incredible lengths just to pay somebody off, because direct deposits weren't commonplace back in the 70s. Actually, the movie could if it wanted to. Direct deposits started as a series of government pilot programs in 1969, but it wasn't until the mid-70s when it began happening at commercial banks, and even with Social Security accounts. You know, you're only making the case stronger for yourself to be placed in our heresy circle, right? I'll be good. So we head off to the desert where they send the donkey on its way. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is the reveal of the jumpsuit. And I, I it just indulge me, because I really fucking love... 42 minutes in, yep. Because I love the talking heads. I, I had to make this reference. <clears throat> but get ready to freestyle. What the hell is this? What's the deal with the star-spangled leisure suit? Where are the satin tights fighting for your rights? Granted, they're colored the old red, white, and blue, but this is not Wonder Woman's outfit. This is not the same character. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. My God, what have they done? Unless I'm missing something from the history pages, right? And the days go by... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to start dancing with a lamp. It was... You a would. soup. Suit, not soup. That, although that would be delicious. Depends on the flavor. Well, Italian wedding. Oh, good stuff. Thank you. Well, we both we both are Italian, you know. As I'm doing the Italian chef hands, kind of. You, you Italian? Well, well I am. Okay. You Italian. You Italian. Yes, half. Mm-hmm. True. Quarter. That. Half. Uh, me, I'm saying. Anyway, hachi machi that suit. <laughs> That might be one of the absolute worst costumes I've ever seen in something comic book related to the point where, hey, let's really go away from the source material. We got the blonde hair. We got a leisure suit, even though she runs around in a pair of trunks. Let's do that. This is stupid. I just just can't get over how... I got nothing. (laughs) Like, I, I get the idea of... Well, guys, we have to stay with the source material. No, I don't give a shit. You keep, like, it's one of those things. Like, this is where I, you know, I put my fanboy hat on for a second. It, 
you know, it, it annoys me, and I, I take my glasses off for dramatic effect for this right now. Okay, you can't but, see that. Yeah, well, it is an audio podcast, but I digress. The, the thing about it is... It's insulting to the character. It's like, you know, hey, let's take Superman and get rid of his cape. Or, hey, let's take Superman and get rid of his little uh, trunks. Or, hey, let's get rid of Batman's stupid ears. <laughs> he can't even hear out of them, Eddie. Why does he have ears? He's, it's a cowl. I don't get it. I was going to add, let's take Superman and give him blue electricity. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes. And I do have a lot of oh wait moments uh, yet to come in future episodes. So uh, thank you for <laughs> at least opening the door there. Okay, so a uh, little, little back and forth on the next part here. Uh, okay. Act four begins with Wonder Woman being targeted by the Doublemen assassins. And were this the area, and were this the era where she would have actual superpowers, this would be over in about twelve seconds. Instead, through some sort of odd camera tricks, she just sneaks behind them and knocks them out. Again. No muss, no fuss. Now, I'm going to ask you guys, if this were the Linda Carter series, how would you have improved that scene? An actual fight. Special effects. Wonder Woman using her superpowers. Linda Carter as Wonder Woman? Exactly. I have a feeling that because this was... I have a feeling that because this was a 70s TV movie, the budget was big enough to only pay the actor's scale and give Ricardo Montalban a year-long year wardrobe. I'll do that part later. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can. Yes. Okay, so this is where we see uh, the fallen Amazonian, a.k.a. the Price is Right model. And this is... Dun, dun. 1972 to 76, I think she was on. Uh, but I, too, can digress as well. Uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, get ready for Peter, and... Okay. She's not bad. She's poised. She knows how to use a woman. She's portraying an Amazonian. Weapon, not woman. She knows how to use a weapon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She knows how to use a woman. Damn right. Warped sleep cycle for the past six months. I'm trying to get used to... Okay, one more, one more time, one more time. <laughs> See, e even, even the creatives can make mistakes. <sighs> here we go. Okay. She's not bad. She's poised. She knows how to use a weapon. She's portraying an Amazonian. And we should also probably mention that she has dark hair. You know where I'm going with this. Why the hell is she not Wonder Woman? Because Kathy Lee Crosby was the bigger name. Come again? I'm sure Miss Ford does fine here, but at the end of the day, TV producers are more willing to take safer chances on people with acting experience than someone else who, except for her day job, is basically an unknown in comparison. Why do you think critics lambasted Vanna White when she did that TV movie where she played Aphrodite? What was that? Well, thanks a lot. Now you just started my to-do list for season four. Sorry, I didn't mean just to. Just for doing that, I want Captain America here to talk about the next scene. What did I do? Peter struck the lightning. And you're a Marvel fan talking about a DC character against your will. If you don't, both of you will be damned for all eternity. Uh, so, so as villain number one and Angela continues to waste the viewer's time, we see Wonder Woman entering the scene by riding the donkey. Angela tries to show off her javelin skills to take down Wonder Woman, but little do they know that Wonder Woman scored a gold medal in the javelin catch and immediately turns it into a quick round of javelin fetch, much to Angela's disappointment. The two of them duel to... The two of them duel the same way you'd expect Robin Hood to take on Little John. And since this is a Warner Brothers show, I half expect him to go full Daffy Duck in the scene. Unfortunately, that would qualify as entertainment. And we're being... As we're possibly bearing witness to the most boring fight scene ever. I mean, sure, it's two women fighting, but it's not a cat fight by any means. Plus, they do parts of the scene unnecessarily in slow motion, not to mention... I I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on these fashion choices. And I'll read all that stuff later. Uh, oh, wait. No, I gotta wind you up, Peter. Um, and don't forget to pause, because it's a time code, so pause five seconds after I'm done. <clears throat> Wonder Woman fends off her fallen sister, but not without the prerequisite, but not without the prerequisite claim that they'll meet again. 
But only if the price is right. You don't get to do the rim shots around here! Anyway, as a lovely parting gift... Blah, 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 blah. Okay, getting to the end now, and, uh... Okay, Eddie, get ready. <clears throat> oh, now you reference something related to the comics? To add insult to injury, we don't even get to see the jet? Well, of course you can't see the jet. It's invisible. No, I mean... You know damn well what I mean! I meant the movie couldn't do... I meant that the movie couldn't afford to do any special effects to make it look like she's flying an invisible plane. It had to be a passing reference to it instead? Well, like you said earlier, it's a 1970s TV movie with a minuscule budget. They could only make do with what they had. TV movie or otherwise, it's still a Warner Brothers production. Warner Brothers! Didn't they have deep pockets in the 70s? Do you really want to go through the history of Warner Brothers with 13 minutes left in the movie? <sighs> Point taken. So we get to our climax. Blah, 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 blah. That's okay. hot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was expecting you to say phrasing. I didn't know how much of an Archer fan you are, but... I'd go with a Hank Kingsley from uh, Larry Sanders. Hey, now. I, I do that sometimes, yeah. Okay, so uh, this is uh, the end of the movie, and uh, basically this is uh, part one of your thoughts, even though we're going to continue with our thoughts when I get to the Nine Circles part, but just tease it a little bit for this one. Uh, so, uh... And that's pretty much it. And I'll be honest, I've got nothing. It was a bland movie with a bland payoff. And knowing what you two have taught me about the comic, I'm honestly amazed that they even considered doing a full Wonder Woman TV series after a pilot like this. What do you guys think? It was the living shits. <laughs> <laughs> I was awestruck at the lasso that emerged from her belt. Buckle and maybe around her waist. I want one of those. How did that happen? Where does she get those wonderful toys? I mean, yeah, thanks a lot. <sighs> oh, now we're going to do Jack Palance references halfway through. <gasps> <gasps> I thought it was Nicholson in the first Batman. Oh, well, just imagine them having a conversation between each other. <sighs> <sighs> wow, I didn't think I'd make a Jack Palance reference in a Wonder Woman podcast today. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was Dracula. <laughs> Very good, and now uh, let me. Uh, this is where you really tell me what you think of the movie altogether, and gotta wind you up one more time. I th think we got this and one more freestyle section to go, and then closing it out. And that took a lot less time than I thought it would. Um, so here we go. Um, <clears throat> Let's also not forget that even though there would eventually be a far more successful Wonder Woman TV show. It certainly wouldn't be based on anything you see here in the movie, leaving blonde Wonder Woman trapped in the clutches of Limbo. Ding. Do you guys have anything to add? Thank God for Linda Carter. <laughs> she <laughs> saved it, absolutely. You know, they had to start somewhere, so okay, this is what it was. For history's sake, you can't talk about Linda Carter without mentioning well she was well you first. definitely can you definitely yeah. cannot mention her you don't need to no Kathy Lee Carly Stills and Nash yeah you know no they're they're done no. we don't young. need we don't need her I mean the uh, super friends Wonder Woman can be put a little bit higher than this first live action portrayal quote unquote I have to agree <laughs> I do with that yes that I think was probably my first Wonder Woman visual experience before Linda. It was the Super Friends, Ted Knight. I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure Gal Gadot just, you know, she watched this performance and she's just like, wow, I'm not going to do any of that. You sure she had to go back that far with the research? Oh, I'm sure she doesn't even... I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm the only experience she had with uh, Kathy Lee David Crosby was, you know, when she gave her her key at the uh, valet parking at the Oscars Yes, that invited year. to the screening. There you go. I'm sure she did. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got one more to go. <clears throat> and this is where we wrap things up, and this is where we talk about just Wonder Woman in general on, on the whole, basically. Ooh. Yeah, I know, phrasing. I owe. Uh... Okay. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Even if she would never have another traditional TV series after the show ended, the fondness for the show and the franchise remains to this day. Don't you agree, gentlemen? 
Oh, absolutely. If in no other way, shape, or form, but in the cosplayers that you see portraying the character. I even have seen a retired Wonder Woman. Oh, Eddie with cosplay. He was so <laughs> definitely aged, and uh, I think Batman, or an aged Superman as well, accompanies the, the retired and old and cranky Wonder Woman. But I think what would be kind of cool is if we saw, like from the Linda Carter series, and at least she had a couple of different iterations of her costume, especially when she had the uh, scuba suit that we see in the cosplay community, if nowhere else, other versions of uh, Wonder Woman in that respect. Although I have seen some different stylings, and it would be, I don't know, so, I don't know if the word is weird, to see the Kathy Lee version come out and then in a costume form for somebody that decides to really, really dig deep for that. Hard no. Yeah, I know, but Hard still, no. you know, if you let your mind expand a little bit without uh, my, my, yelling. My thing is, in regards to the character, it's, you know, Gal Gadot made the character iconic. Yeah, we have uh, Linda Carter, who was, she did a phenomenal series. Gadot knocked it out of the park. She, you know, shows the power, strength, and actually has, you know, that kind of accent that you'd hear on one of those Islands, you know? Oh, yes. And if you were ever to go just turn into Robin Williams halfway through. Oh, ah, ooh, no, it was just an observation. But no, a Rob observation. Rob Liefeld's hit podcast. Wow, tangent alert. That is true, though. That and Linda Carter's Wonder Woman costume are the two you see the most. But there are variations on the theme, and some really creative ones that make their own costumes, cosplayers and stuff. Um, will you know depart from that, and you'll see a little more. Variation. I think over I think overall on the whole with the character Wonder Woman is one of those characters that is one of the most important figures in pop culture history. It's just a shame this movie sucked a lot. Like super massive black hole. Nothing comes out. It all goes in and that's it. Bye-bye birdie. Um great inspiration. Great no. ideals for... No. I'm talking about the general co- character and the... General concept. It's the idea, please. And that's why I think that's... She's been... The character's been so enduring and lasting. Okay. All right, so uh, we got one more part here. This is uh, one more uh, action thing. This is where I'm kicking you out of hell with a fireball, and then I just need one more Doppler screen, and that's... <laughs> With an improv, could we do? He, I go. Wait a minute! Didn't we forget something? <laughs> Eddie's comics. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, yeah, I, I was thinking about. I think that. that'd be a great add-on. No, 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 well, I was thinking about that, and you can say no to this if you want to. I, I say uh, after I throw you out. This is why I don't like having guests over. They spend an hour over here, and they feel like they own the place, and they leave their shit behind. <laughs> wait a minute, and then I play a cash register. Cha-ching. Well, maybe hell's not so bad after all. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I mean, whatever works for you. It was just... Because I just love the idea of Eddie forgetting his comics. And then you hear, wait a minute. I left my comics. Oh, we'll do that. Uh, Some, something. I don't no, know, no, but no, no, both we'll, are good. Actually, no, I, we'll, we'll do both. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, like, because after the show wraps, you know, I throw in the end credits and all that stuff. And then... Like after, a stinger. And then post-credits, I, I'll have Eddie say... Wait a minute, that son of a bitch has my comics! <laughs> I think Eddie saying that son of a bitch would be really funny, because you never hear that. If you, if you want to, of course. Eddie. I think that's yeah. per- when you get, that's where you're wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. I have audio from going, bitch. <laughs> okay, so then uh, just to get ready to do the fireball acting, and uh, I'm just going to cue you here, and on that note... You two are free to go. Wait a minute. Didn't we forget something? Quiet, Peter. He's letting us out of here. You said there wasn't another Wonder Woman TV series. Don't you know about the 2011 pilot? Peter, don't! It was produced by David E. Kelly and starred... Ah, crap, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Adrienne Palicki. It was produced by David E. Kelly and starred Adrian Palicki, and it is a legendarily bad pilot. At times, somehow worse than Wonder Woman 74. Peter, I'm begging you! And don't even... 
And don't even get me started on the costume. It looked like something a clown in drag would wear. One more scream. Ah! Whoa! No, 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 no. I'm, I'm kicking you out. So this is like oh. you guys you know, zooming yeah. out of there. So like another, another Doppler. Uh-huh. Ah! Yeah. That kind of thing. So uh, just pick it up from don't get me started on the costume. And then when you see me throw the fireball, that's when you do the thing. And don't even get me started on the costume. It looks like something a clown in drag would wear. See, this is why I don't like having guests over. They spend an hour over here and they feel like they own the place. Not only that, but they leave so much junk around. I mean, all these comic books that are still in their plastic bags. Old ones. Cha-ching. Well, who says hell doesn't have any fringe benefits? Okay, so uh, this is where the credits roll. Next time on Telehell, blah, 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 blah. And I'll be sure to credit you guys, of course. Thank you very much for doing this, by the way. And then, uh, Eddie, you come to a horrible realization. Comics. Wait a minute, Peter. I forgot my comic books. Uh, I, I like the idea that, that son of a bitch has my comic books. <laughs> it's just are, like that. Are, wait, are these your comics too? Or no, no, those are his. Those are his. Th- oh. oh, those. I would not bring my comic books. Okay. Uh, well, let's <laughs> see if we can try to end it with uh, more of a bang. Uh, like uh, earth shattering kaboom. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna act out some more. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, basically, yeah. Just but, uh, let's, let's just troll stuff. We'll do like a, a riffy kind of thing, like improv. Um, actually, let's add something else to this. Uh, as you know, I'm ejecting you out of hell. Obviously, you land the same way as before. So I need another. <clears throat> and Peter's like, "Oh God, I'm glad that's over." And then Eddie realizes, "Oh, frick! I forgot the comics." Uh, something, something like that. Okay, if, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I want you to reverse the screaming. Th- this this time, I want you to go ah! like that, so, sort of. So no, I got you. Here we go, and whenever you're ready. One, two, three, go. Ah! Well, let's do it like a. Yeah, yeah, I got plenty of thuds at home. <laughs> That's okay. a great sentence. Okay, so now, still exhausted, you're burning up because you're in hell, and then you're like... Hachi <coughs> 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 machi. <sighs> well, that was fun. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know what? I... Some bitch. He's got my comic books. They're still there. What the... And then I'll throw in a dun-dun-dun. So there you have it. The Wonder Woman recording session in its most unspoiled form, plus a little extra. And if and when we ever get another guest on the show, expect to hear more of these Sifted Ashes episodes in the future. Until then, we cannot possibly say thank you enough to Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson of The Marvelous for their support and their help in putting the episode together. We really could not have started the season without them, and we hope they come back soon. In the meantime... Like we said, this is our last show of 2020, and good riddance to that year. Telehell will return on January 17th, 2021, with the first of seven new episodes in a row, and we hope you'll join us for all of them, especially the one that we have planned for when we come back. And to tease that, first we need to turn our reverb back on... There we are. And now the actual tease. Next time on Telehell, before you-know-who exits the White House, we remind you of one of his former hobbies before ever considering politics. Trump steaks are the world's greatest steaks, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. Until then... If it's not in Telehell... It's not worth a damn. Telehell was written, produced, edited, and narrated by me, Justin Hart. 
All clips used in this program are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, and all clips used come courtesy of their respective companies and owners. Some of the music used in this program comes courtesy of YouTube and their audio library service. Telehell is a production of Horton Road and is distributed by Libsyn. Not unlike certain viruses, Telehell is everywhere now. In addition to Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, we can also be heard on Google Podcasts and the iHeartRadio app. Of course, we can also be heard in a number of other places just by Googling Telehell. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, subscribe, and follow our social feeds. Twitter and Facebook, both at Telehell Podcast. 